Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Working there. And so you just think, you know, what, what drama, what a soap opera, literally. And God gave him a warning in verse 2. It said, the word of the Lord came upon a godly man and he went to speak to Eli. And God said, this is going on, this is going on. But because you've done nothing, be careful. Because my judgment's coming. And the word of the Lord was rare. So even though it was rare, in chapter 2, Eli had a warning but did nothing. Now, it's telling us in chapter 3, verse 1, the word of the Lord was rare. So now we know why. So if you feel that God is not speaking to you, may you first search your heart and examine your ways. If you feel like the word of the Lord is rare in your own life, I just want to propose to you that maybe it's not God, just maybe it's you. And and. And I'm not pointing at anyone. I'm just saying, search your heart, examine your ways. And say, Holy Spirit, is it me? And, and maybe I need to make some things or change some things in my life. And in the KJV, the King James Version, it says it this way. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. The word of the Lord was precious, uh, rich and rare, if you want to say it that way. So we value the word. We value the word of God. But it was rare in that day. And here's the, the understanding is that God doesn't waste his words. Right? If, God, if the word of the Lord was rare, when God does choose to speak, you know that it's going to be important and you should listen. And so even today as we're coming around the word of the Lord, hear it today. Don't hear me, a man. Hear what the spirit is speaking to you. But God doesn't waste his words. So if he's speaking, it's going to be significant. And with a few exceptions in scripture, when God speaks, he uses people. Right? So here's the reality. People are flawed and imperfect and they will always be. I will always be imperfect. Ask my wife. Right? But the reality is you got to look past me today and hear what God is speaking Hear the word of the Lord, not the word of the pastor. Hear the word of the Lord. And for a leader, and Eli was a leader because he was a priest in the temple, in the tabernacle. For a leader, trouble comes when you spend more time trying to keep your job than do your job. And so we have to be careful that we are not just trying to keep something that we once had but that we continue to be faithful with what was given to us. So the rule of thumb, leaders must hear from God before they speak. Leaders have to hear from God before they speak. And I'm here today because I've been spending time listening, hence the title, Do You Hear What I Hear? Do you hear what I hear for our church and in this season that we're in? And so the question then is, well, how do you hear from God? And in the time we have today, I want to share with you three simple ways through the example in 1 Samuel chapter 3 that we find Samuel is able to hear from God when Eli doesn't. They were in the same area. Eli, the man of God, the priest, should have been the the person where he hears from God. But instead, God chose a different vessel this time. 
And it's interesting. So we're going to take a look. But number one is proper practice. How do you hear from God? Proper practice. And I'm just going to run through scriptures. They're all on the screen. I encourage you to take notes. If you're too slow, take pictures of the screen with your phone. It's okay. I'm not going to be offended. But Samuel obeyed the Lord. This is the contrast. While Eli's sons were living in blatant sin right there in front of his eyes. So here's Eli's sons, but here's Samuel. Now watch this. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11. Then Elkanah, which is Samuel's dad, returned home to Ramah without Samuel. And the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. Back, rewind it to chapter 1. Hannah had no children and she, she was not able to conceive. But Eli gave her a word. So he was able to speak. And he said, about uh, a year from now, you're going to have a baby. Guess what? Hannah had a baby and named him Samuel. And she said, I dedicate this child to the Lord. So this is the, the verse where she said here, he's yours, God. And he's going to stay at the temple. And he's going to serve there. Now look at verse 12 and 13 to contrast. Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Next verse, 2.18. But Samuel, again, always the contrast. But Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. And you know what's amazing? Side note, parents in the room, moms especially, the next verse talks about every year when the parents would come visit, the mom would make him a new garment. And every year it was his gift. And I just think from a motherly's perspective, she's like, this is the son. God answered my prayer. I'm going to fulfill my word to the Lord, my promise to him. You give me a boy, he's yours, God. But every year she came and she would just, like, the joy of a mother, the joy of, of a parent, knowing, and I just think, you know, raise your children up in the house of the Lord. Dedicate them here, like we did last Sunday. It's important, but raise them up in church. Bring them back. As they grow, as they give you lip and say, I don't want to go to, you bring them to church. You bring them. I don't care when my son, he's seven now. Thank God they love coming. But if there ever is a day where he's going to give me lip or my wife, guess what? I'll pull you by the ear and you're going to get in the van. We're going to church. A dedication wasn't just a one-off event, parents. But this is something that we train our children up in the way they should go. When they're older, they won't depart from it. Let's move on. God's looking for a faithful remnant that he can count on. So check out verse 21 of chapter 2. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Verse 26 of chapter 2. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with people. So it's important to note when we say proper practice, the big contrast is Eli and his sons. But then here's Samuel. Right? Meanwhile... This, but meanwhile, Samuel. Meanwhile, Samuel. So proper practice. He had a, a heart to serve. He was there. Eli was training him. It's funny. He could train Samuel, but he couldn't um, uh, train his own children. Um, some of us have more success with others' kids than our own. But don't lose heart because it's our responsibility. So number one, proper practice. Number two, proper position. 
We're talking about hearing from the Lord. Proper position. You see, for Eli to be a priest, there had to have been a closeness that he experienced with God. Um, he was a mediator between God and, and people. And so there was this closeness that he had. There was this surrendered life that Eli would have had to have before the Lord. And yet we find him in verse 2. The description there is this. Eli is old. He's, he's losing his eyesight. And might I just make this, uh, this assumption that he wasn't just going blind physically, but he lost his vision Vision meaning the things of God, like eyesight for what God uh, was using him for. And when you lose the vision that God has for your life, guess what? You lose sight of everything else as well. So, you know, if God called Eli and his sons were also working there, guess what? He would have had to have the vision to say, guys, you're out of alignment. We're going to stay the course. We're going to stay together. But not only was he physically going blind, but I think he just was at the point of I'm old and my sons are crazy and just letting things case sarah sarah. What, what, it is what it is, but I want you to know that it still matters, that you could be in the right place and just miss out on God altogether. But here's Samuel, proper position. What do we mean? Verse 2 tells us that they're going to bed. And I think the language, it just intrigues me. It's so interesting. I don't want to read into the text more, but it just says that Eli is lying down at his usual place. It's just business as usual for Eli. But I love the juxtaposition of where Samuel chooses to lay down. And it says that in scripture, I want to read it so that I'm not just, you understand it's rooted in scripture. Verse three, the lamp of God had not yet gone out and it, that lamp, it was the candlestick. It would usually burn out by, by the dawn. But just before the sun comes out, the can, so we know it's in the middle of the night. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping, get this, in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Someone say proper position. Right? It matters where you place yourself. And... I think Eli, as it says, he's just laying down in his usual place. It's symbolic of complacency. And in church life, we could get in the same rut. I sit in the same seat. I, I sing to the same degree or level of passion. I don't raise my hand above my shoulder because it's comfortable and I don't want the people behind me to notice. And, and we kind of get into these ruts uh, and it's just business as usual. But friend, we didn't come to play church, right? We, we said Jesus came so that we could become the church. And so it's important to understand that we need proper position, but not at the risk of complacency. And so I think Samuel, in his position, is saying something about his life. What matters most? Samuel's lying down in the tabernacle, the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Young people, I want to say this today. Be careful, because where you choose to position yourself matters a lot. They say, bad company corrupts good character. Scripture says that in Corinthians. So it's important to understand that who you associate with matters. Now, there are two things. Number one... That God has uniquely called you to influence a specific people. I understand that. But you need to be called and anointed to influence 
those kind of people. But then there's a time and a right place where you need to surround yourself with godly men and women who are going to speak into your life, who are going to lead you, who are going to call you out when you take a misstep, and they're going to keep you on the straight and narrow. We need those kind of people. So your position matters. And you can't blame your parents, young people. You can't blame your teachers. You can't even blame your pastor or your church friends. Where you position yourself matters. So in high school, if you're in elementary school, you shouldn't be in the service right now. But here's the thing. Find godly friends. And if you have none, start asking God for some. Start asking God for some, and in the meantime, start winning some to Christ as well. But your position matters. And it, by the way, if you're at school and you're like, I have no Christian friends, well, you make sure you get to the church and you find some friends here. So you can encourage one another, and then you go back out. And then you come back, and then you go back out. Proper position, it matters. Why? It could be the difference between hearing his voice or not. Because here's Samuel sleeping and here's Eli sleeping. One heard the voice and was called. The other was not any longer. And it's important. That's what hangs in the balance. God can speak to you anywhere you are. Absolutely. He's limitless. We said it already today. He knows your address even. But you can get, but you can get heaven's attention by where you choose to position yourself. So verse 4 tells us suddenly. Verse 4, suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. The Lord called out suddenly. And Eli being the priest, we said it, God should speak to him, maybe. He should go to Eli. But I think Samuel's practice and position made him a more worthy choice, perhaps, in the sight of God. God doesn't tolerate sin. Eli was tolerating the sins of his son. And God says, you know what? Judgment is coming. I've already told him. He's just doing things as usual, business as usual. Guess what? I'm going to speak to this young boy, even though he's young. There are no limits with God. Amen? Amen. Even though he's young, I'm going to speak to him and I'm going to call him. Suddenly, he said, Samuel. And I love Samuel's response because I, I pray that we're able to echo it. He says, yes. What is it? But get this. He got up and he ran to Eli. So we already know the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare. So we can't expect Samuel to get it right the first time. Follow me for a second. God speaks. But if it's a new experience for you, Keep listening. You might get it wrong the first time, but don't stop. And I love this example in Scripture. Why? Because God keeps calling out Samuel. He runs to Eli the second time. Yes, here I am. You called me? He's like, nope. I'm sleeping, man. This is business as usual. You go back to bed. And he's doing it, right? Three times. Three times. That's, by the way, why I said I think it wasn't just physical vision that he was losing, but spiritual vision. Because a man who was a priest serving the Lord, you ought to recognize when the Lord is speaking. 
And here he is, three times later, oh, perhaps it's the Lord speaking, Samuel, next time this is what you should say. And Samuel, who's in training, does it. But you know what, can we just acknowledge the Lord's voice for a second? Three times, and then the fourth time, he, it comes again. And Samuel has the right response. So proper position, you could still get it wrong. But don't stop. Because listen, God is still going to speak. God communicates and he doesn't waste his words. He's going to speak. And, he's, and if you're the chosen vessel for that word, guess what? He's going to make sure you get it right. And if you get off kilter a bit or off course, he's going to speak. And he might send people, unlikely people. Eli was not the person that maybe uh, God was using, but he used him to, to finally get it right for Samuel. So again, don't look at the person or the individual. Do you hear what I hear? Are you listening to the spirit of the living God? Now, I mean, if a donkey could speak on behalf of the Lord... I mean, he could use anybody, even a, non a non-Christian, perhaps. It might sound different than the voice of God, but the message, you have to listen. And I'm not saying just receive what anyone's saying. Consider the source. But, but I think if God is going to speak, it's going to be evident that it's not your head, it's not your heart, it's, it's going to be the Lord speaking. It's likely going to confirm something that he's wanting to do, something that's on your heart. Um, or maybe it's a new word, but here's the thing, you hang on to it, and you allow God to further confirm until you get it right. That's the important part I want to emphasize. Proper position is important, but God's going to speak until you get it right. But the voice came suddenly, so it wasn't like he was ready for it. For some of you today, maybe this is a typical Sunday, but I believe God is speaking. I believe God is speaking to hearts today. I believe he's, he's speaking through me to you. And, and maybe it's not, you're not going to get it right the first time. Maybe God is going to say it a second and a third time. I don't know. Maybe some of you, you're going to get it right today. And it's going to be a day where you're like, oh God, now I see it. I get it, finally. You know, the word of the Lord was rich and rare. It was precious. And I believe he's getting ready to speak it again. He's going to speak again. Do you hear what I hear? The third thing is proper proximity. Proper proximity. Samuel lived in the presence of God. Samuel chose to live in the presence of God. Proximity means nearness in space, time, or relationship. And I believe today we need to live in a right relationship with God, in proper proximity. Samuel didn't, verse 7, it tells us, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he'd never heard a message from the Lord. So remember, it was the first time. This isn't a common thing. This wasn't a regular thing in those days. So for Samuel, it was like, what's, who's calling me? It must be Eli. So he had to work it out. But you know what Spurgeon said? There's a quote I found on this text. He said, but what should I say of some to whom God has spoken for years till their hair is gray and yet they have not understood the voice of the Lord? There could be some of us, we've been in church for years, but we still don't understand the voice of the Lord. But I want to say it's not too late. It's not too late because he's still speaking. It took Eli three times to realize it was actually the Lord. So Eli reminds us that you can be in the right place 
with the right title even, priest, but still miss out on God's presence. You could be here Sunday after Sunday through every worship song and you could still miss out on the presence of God. The word Samuel receives, get this though, it's not a word for him. <laughs> Hear me, because some of you are going to receive a word today, but it might not be for you. Because we think, God, I just need a word. He already gave it to you. Look at this. Look how many pages. You have a word. But listen, Samuel, God was calling him and was giving him a word. But get this, it wasn't even for him. I read it and we ended it with verse 11. Look what it said. God was telling him, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. And it wasn't a cool shocking thing. It was a, a scary one because he was bringing judgment on Eli's house. God was saying, basically, this is it. Eli, it's done. This is how it's going down. You see, the word Samuel receives is not a word for him, but is meant to be a word through him intended for Eli. God might give you a word, but it's not for you. It's supposed to be a word that's going to come through you for somebody else. And you have to be available to him. Right? Samuel's response, here I am, Lord. Here I am, God. What, what do you want? What are you asking of me? Here I am. Your servant is listening. My question is, are we listening today? Do you hear what I hear? And I want to submit this to you. And if you have, you know, if you're taking notes and you've not written one thing, this is the thing I want you to get. Hearing the Lord's voice is not the goal. Obeying it is. Hearing the Lord's voice is not the goal. Obeying it is. Because if you don't obey, who cares what God's going to speak? Obedience is better than sacrifice. But you got to hear the word of the Lord. Do you hear what I hear? Two questions. What do you hear for your life? And, what do you, and then the second question is, do you hear what I hear? What do you hear for your life? And then the other question, do you hear what I hear? What do I mean by I, what I hear? Well, God's been speaking to our house. And what I'm learning as a lead pastor, I've been doing this here at Weston for three years, and I've never done it anywhere else. So we're growing and we're moving forward together on this journey. Um, but God has been fine-tuning my ear ever since Salt and Light Conference. And I've been listening. And it's been easier and easier to hear what God is, is saying. And today, I've, I've learned that God is often going to speak through the leader, through, through a person, but I have to faithfully communicate what God is speaking through me. It's not always a word for me, but it's a word through me for us. And so that's why I'm saying, do you hear what I hear? It's a trick question because you might not hear what I hear if God is speaking it to me. Right? A lot of times we get on this bandwagon where it's like, God, speak to me. I want to hear you like that person hears you. you know, or someone says, I hear the Lord say. And you're like, God, speak to me that way. And there's nothing wrong with praying that prayer and asking the Lord to speak. You know what I prayed at the beginning of this year? That God would open up in me the, just a prophetic voice. That he, and, and you know what, I've had to take some steps and, and declare and, and believe as I've, as I've prayed over people and spoken to people one-on-one, face-to-face even. Um, and it's not been, but here's the thing, I asked. 
And there's nothing wrong with asking, but we have to then decipher, is this for me personally or is this for me for the church? As the pastor, this is, this is how I ask the Lord and I pray. So I've been listening and I have two video clips that I need to show us because I'm going to tie them together. So the first one is what took place right here at the close of Salt and Light Conference. So um, without further ado, Ben, could we just roll this first video? This is the close. Come on, of let's pray, church. Let's pray. Come on, begin to prophesy. Come on, if you got your arms connected to them, begin to proclaim. Begin to quote scripture. Begin to amen and agree with what heaven's doing. God, we, we just agree and align with what you're doing. Lord, in this outrageous couple, God, I thank you. You're saying it's going to be bigger and it's going to be better than you can ever imagine. God, it's going to be bigger. Pastor John, Priscilla, it's going to be bigger, and it's going to be better than you can ever imagine. God, I thank you that it's time to continue to make room. God, continue to make room. The miracle always happened in the margin. God, so we continue to make room, just like you said to the widow, widow, go get some jars. God, go get some jars, which said, go create some space. Go create some mechanisms. Go create some buckets. Go ahead and borrow from a neighbor. And go ahead and borrow from the community. Just go ahead and create some space. And then what happened is it's that every time there was an empty bucket, it was filled. Every time there was space, God moved in. Every time there was margin, there was a miracle. And God, I thank you, Lord, that your, 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 your word to the house is make room continue to make space and God I thank you you're doing a new thing it actually says I've already done it don't you see it? I'm making a, a roadway in the wilderness I'm, I'm making a river in the desert God a river represents in the desert it, it's going to happen where it's not supposed to happen God I thank you Lord that even as they enter into this next year Lord it's, I just feel like this is the marking of a new year for you the year's not over but this starts a new year Miracles are going to happen where they're not supposed to happen. Resources are going to come from places they're not supposed to come from. Staff members and team members and, and volunteers. It's going to happen where it's not supposed to happen. And God, I thank you. You're making a roadway in the wilderness, Lord, where it looks like they're going to have to plow. Or it looks like they're going to have to break ground. Or it looks like they're going to have to just work and work and work. God, you said that when you step into the wilderness, there will be a pathway there will be a freeway laid out before you so that you can move unencumbered at an accelerated rate. So God, we begin to declare, Lord, even, I'm just telling you this, I, I just hear God saying, go get some buckets. Go, go get some jars. Knock on doors. Talk to neighbors. God, these jars are people. These jars are resources. These, these, these jars, Lord, are, are leaders. These jars are team members. These jars are staff members in Jesus' name. And so that's the first video. And those of you who were there would remember that, that go get some jars. And that scripture is from 2 Kings chapter 4. We're not going to get into that. We're wrapping this up this morning. But do you hear what I hear? So I heard what he prayed. And I've been watching this video almost every day. Why? Because I can't forget what God began to speak. And it's not just, you know, for Priscilla and me. It's through us for our church, this house. Make some space. Get some buckets. 
make some space, get some buckets. And as long as she had jars, the oil kept flowing and they were filled to the brim. And then when there were no more jars, guess what? There was no more oil. And and so I've been hanging on to this word for our church and I've been holding on to it. And many of you know, I, I did some traveling. I was here this week, but the week before, And when I was in California, I went to a a church conference on the Wednesday, and they did a Wednesday night service, and Pastor Tommy Barnett from the LA Dream Center was there, and he's a seasoned minister of the gospel, um, you know, planted a big church in Phoenix as well in years past, and he was preaching, and we were about 250 pastors at the front, but the room was about a thousand something people. And I got there in that environment to learn and to grow because we're talking about activating the faith that God has put inside of us. So as a a church board, I shared with them what God was doing. And they said, go, go and receive for our church what God is doing in us and through us. And so when we play this clip, um, I want you to pay attention to what he says towards the very end. So we can roll this one. Tommy Barnett. Listen to me, and I'm done. I'm sitting in the second row right I've in front. I've been preaching the gospel, you heard me say, for 66 years. But ever since that anointing of multiplication was prayed upon me, in the last 25 years, I've seen more people saved than I did the 40 years all put together before. Since he prayed that multiplication anointing, I've had more signs, wonders, and miracles than I've had in the 40 years before that. In the last 25 years, I've never asked anybody individually for a penny, but I've had over 25 people give me a million dollars or more for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. 25 million has gone through these hands and none of it stuck. And I feel that multiplication anointing is right here in this building. There are miracles. I said there are miracles in this house. There's multiplication. There's some pastors here that God sent here for this message here today. Get on your feet, everybody, right now. Get ready. Would you stand to your feet this morning? In case it wasn't clear, the message he preached that night on multiplication was from the same verse, 2 Kings chapter 4, that Jedediah prayed over Priscilla and I. And then when he said there are some pastors in the room here, I was literally sitting right there and I felt the anointing of the Lord hit me. And I said, you know what? If this is a man who's experienced the multiplied blessing of the Lord and favor on his ministry, what are we talking about multiplication? I'm not even talking about finances. I'm talking about miracles, signs, wonders, people getting saved by the hundreds in the name of Jesus. And here we are. And here we are today. My question, do you hear what I hear? It's my responsibility to fill you in on what God is speaking to this house. 
And it's abundantly clear that there is the multiplication factor that God wants to do in us. Addition is awesome. It takes us somewhere. Multiplication, though, gets us there faster. And I believe what God wants to do in us Jedediah said, this is a new year. He said, I know it's not the end of the year, but he's like, this marks something new. And church says, I've been listening. I've been hearing God speak. And it's not a small vision that he's calling us to, but it's a vision for more. It's a vision for more and for bigger and for greater. Hence, Jedediah said, make room, more buckets, make space. And here we are. And it's okay if you don't get the word the first time. You're going to have more opportunities to hear it. But God is speaking. And God is on the move. And the question I have is, what is he speaking to you? What is he speaking to you? It might not be a word for you necessarily, and maybe it will. It might be a word that he wants to use through you to get out to somebody else. But in this place, just as we prepare to close... I want us to just make some space, maybe four more minutes, if you would give me four more minutes. We're going to make some space, and we're just going to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I'm positioned within proximity to your presence so that you would speak. So I'm just going to ask if right where you are, right in your seat, just make that your altar today. Don't wait for me to come and walk the aisles. I'm not going to do it. But right here and now, you would just close yourself. And as Samuel did, he presented himself before the Lord. And he said, here I am. I'm your servant. I'm listening. Would you just listen for a few moments as we ask the Holy Spirit to speak like only he can? In the name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, would you just begin to speak Holy Spirit like only you can. We might not get it right the first time, but we're listening. We might not get it right, but we're listening. Holy Spirit, speak, speak in the name of Jesus, just in this moment. You know, hearing is not the goal, obedience is. I'm going to say it again. Hearing the voice of the Lord is not the goal. It's necessary, but obedience is. And I feel the appropriate response this morning is that there are people who hear the word of the Lord and it's clear but there has not been obedience on your part and I'm not here to call out who that is I just sense the spirit of the Lord wanting to highlight this thing the words come you've received it it's been clear for a while the obedience is what's not been there. The excuses have been there, but the obedience has not. And I think the appropriate response is just to say yes and obey. 
to trust him in the process and obey. Trust and obey. There's an old hymn that said there's no other way but to trust and obey. And the obedience part, you say, Pastor, give me directions. Tell me to come to the altar. I'm not. Maybe coming up here is not the right response for your obedience. And so I'm just simply creating, we are creating space. But the obedience part is up to you. How Holy Spirit leads you, you have to obey. You have to obey. In the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.